In the new Memphis, we never settle for the status quo. Medical advancements are a part of our city's DNA. We are home to world-class, innovative healthcare facilities. Did you know that one in three Memphians work in the healthcare industry? At New Memphis, we know there is so much to celebrate about our city. Visit newmemphis.org to learn how you can get involved. Welcome to Meanwhile in Memphis, where New Memphis is celebrating our city by providing a weekly window into the ways Memphians are solving problems, looking forward, and successfully shaping the community. Hello, Memphis. Welcome to Meanwhile in Memphis, a weekly window into ways Memphians are solving problems, looking forward, and successfully shaping our community. This episode and every episode is brought to you by New Memphis. Uh, my name is Anna Mullins-Ellis. I'm the president and CEO of New Memphis. And joining me today is... My name is Christy Mullen, and I am the Creative Communications Manager with New Memphis. And we are bringing to you today the amazingly talented Janie Rad. She is with us to discuss all of her endeavors, but also to go more in depth with her TED Talk, which was titled, What Do You Do For Work? To What's Your Story? And I'm just very excited to have her and have the opportunity with our TED Network to kind of showcase these things. Um, for those listening and don't know what TED is, I'm going to do a mock interview with my fellow co-host here. <laughs> since she is one of the leaders that got TEDx brought to Memphis. So, Anna, can you kind of just like give everyone, what is TED? Like give an overarching view. Yeah, so I'm sure that you guys out there in Radioland might be familiar with TED. Um, we are, so TED is a global organization and it is focused on ideas worth sharing. You might have heard some TED Talks on the TED Radio and NPR, you can go literally watch millions of TED Talks that have been created over the last number of decades at TED.com. Um, but what TED does is they host an annual conference. It's a global conference where they bring uh, innovators, entrepreneurs, uh, entertainers together every year to give TED Talks. Um, and they have, in the last, uh, I would say, 20 years now, mm -hmm. They have offered individual cities the opportunity to host local TED Talks. So it's an individual license in your city. So five years ago, Memphis said, hey, why does every other city have a TED conference and not us? Because uh, um, we should. Exactly. It's actually, you know, it's a funny story because there was a young man who was a high school student at Memphis University School five, um, six years ago now. Um, and he was just a really passionate TED fan. And he came to us at New Memphis and said, Hey, um, I, I believe in TED. I think it's a really cool mm -hmm. platform. Why doesn't Memphis have one? And that sort of got us thinking like, why don't we have one? Um, so the reason that we invest New Memphis, we help host a TED conference every year. Um, Janie was a, a host or a speaker at our 2020 conference way back in what feels like a million years ago no. in February. <laughs> It feels like another world. It does. It I'm was, like, though, uh, I guess. The halcyon days where we could all come together yes. indoors in a the theater. The smell of Lysol didn't Hundreds reach of you people, at every door. Yes, sitting in, sitting in chairs right next to one another. It was beautiful times. Uh, more innocent times. But yes, yes, back in February, we hosted our fifth conference at the Crosstown Concourse Theater. Um, so getting back to, you know, why TED? Yeah. Why is New Memphis focused on TED? Well, you know, we believe, we know that Memphis yeah. is full of incredible thinkers people who are thousand percent you know activists academics artists who are just doing incredible things have incredible ideas and ted is such an 
It's such a uh, unique platform to lift up those voices and to take local speakers and put them on essentially a global mm -hmm. stage. So the way it works is we pick uh, speakers locally. We have anywhere from 12 to 18 speakers every year who give talk TED Talks on topics from, again, arts and culture topics, topics on city building, topics on economics, topics on education. Um, some of the some of the talks are really funny. Some of them are um, just really heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking. Gosh. Um, so TED, I think, is a really unique. Again, if you've if you've listened to any TED talks, you know that there's sort of a magic formula of mm -hmm. inspiration and innovation. Um, and I always say, like, when people ask, well, "What's a TED talk?" I go, "It's just an idea-driven talk." Can yes. you tell me in 15 minutes or less an idea that's gonna open my mind, open my eyes? change the way that I think or feel. And that to me is what a TED Talk is. So once a year, New Memphis um, helps host a TED conference locally. Uh, we have typically done it at the beginning of the year. We're, we're kind of reconsidering yes. that here in COVID times as we think about 2021. We're rethinking and retooling along with everyone yes, else yeah, in right. our city. Everything is everything is in flux. Um, <laughs> but again, we are excited. To, we'll, we'll be doing it again soon, we hope, um, in person. But we bring together a group of people who work really hard to put together um, TED Talks and then they get up on our TED stage and they it's an in-person event. So we have an audience of a, you know five to 600 people who come together to enjoy the talks in person. But the magic of it is we also capture all of those talks on yes. film. We have an amazing film crew um, who comes in and, and uh, films all the talks and captures the audio. So every few weeks on our program here, meanwhile in Memphis, we will highlight a TED speaker from the last five years. Again, they run the gamut from all kinds of topics. Um, people who are, you know, are, you know, were back when they gave their TED talk and are still are doing incredible work in the community. Um, and we'll play those TED talks so you can access them here. You can also always go to TEDxMemphis.com and you can watch all of the TED talks. To date, I think we've produced over 80, over 80 say, is, TED Talks. I know, so, I um, at, it is, I looked at the YouTube. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, so they're all there on YouTube. Um, so this week, as Christy said, Janie Rad gave a TED Talk earlier this year. She's such a delight because she, she is- so magnetic. Yeah, like she's a person, and that's why I love TED because sometimes we do have, you know, this in this event back in 2020, or 2020, back in 2020. Back <laughs> long, long ago in February. Yeah, it really does feel like a million years ago. Um, we had, you know, the CEO of a major healthcare network give a TED Talk. We had, um, you know, again, artists and academics, people of all walks of life. But we also always have people who just like kind of inspire you and have that spark where you meet them and go, oh my gosh, like you can, you can lead people. Like you yes. have this ability to like share information and get people excited. And Janie is just, I think, the perfect embodiment of that. Yeah, she is like, I'm very glad she's one of our first guests on the TED segment, um, because I think she, like you said, she embodies all that TED is. Um, and I know we'll hear later about like how she came about to that. And so I'm very excited to have that and all our other TED guests that we will eventually have on the show. Yes, 80 of them. <laughs> We're going to have all no, 80 this year. No. Well, without further ado, let's bring out our first guest, Janie Red.
All right, we have today with us Jenny Rad. She is actually a New Memphis friend, and she was a graduate of our fellows program. But Jenny does many things. She has all the irons in the fire. She is a podcaster with her own show. And she also was a TED speaker for us. And she's an entrepreneur with her new company. Always get the initials. It's J-R-P-W <laughs> Services. Yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> <laughs> and so she is here today to talk with us a little bit. We're going to talk about Janie's TED Talk, but we're also going to talk about all the amazing things she does. And so... Whenever you're ready, let's yeah, go. Yeah, sounds Anna. good. And also, I'm actually still in the fellows program. I don't oh. even think I've already graduated, but um, it's so good to be here. And I'm smiling. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I have my mask on, but hopefully you can see it in my eyes. I was going to say, like, smizing is now the new Yeah, smile. yeah. Tyra taught us. Thank you, Tyra. Yeah. Something. She taught me well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you here. Um, so, yeah. So, we were lucky to get to work together on your TED Talk. So, um, you know. When we approach our our annual TED conference, we basically like put the feelers out to the community and go, who would give a great TED talk? And honestly, it was people on our team who said, I heard her speak yes. briefly <laughs> for like five minutes and she's like so engaging and she's such a like fantastic presence. You've got to have her give a TED talk. So I reached out to you and said, hey, do you want to give a TED talk? Um, but we didn't have a topic. There wasn't like a specific, you know, you weren't like, yeah, I'm a I'm an economist and I'm going to give a TED talk on, you know, it was very much like. What is going to help you take the TED stage and motivate people? So tell me, how did you approach that and what was your kind of initial thinking behind it? Yeah, goodness. Well, so, you know, my, my day job is that I work at um, Region One Health, which is one of our, you know, the partners with New Memphis. Mm -hmm. And so that's how um, we even got introduced. So, so much credit to, to Region One Health for, for giving me that opportunity. And yeah, like you said, I mean, I think I... I was I wasn't even the keynote. I was just the first speaker that was introducing the keynote and I and I gave this, you know, very short. I think it was like what, 2 minutes or something where I just kind of talked to the young leaders in the crowd about what it means to be a yeah. leader and it's okay if you don't know the definition of a leader because those definitions of our professions change over our time and it's totally okay. Um and so I kind of just gave a short short little blurb there um, at that event. And then, yeah, I had, you know, some of some of your team kind of approach me after. And I think the first time someone said, you know, would you be interested in giving a TED talk? I was like, me? Are you kidding? <laughs> it was a lifelong dream of mine to, to do something like this. And I, for some reason in my head, I was like, that's not attainable. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I know I, we kind of went, we kind of went back and forth. And I think I I took what I had said in that two-minute speech and tried to, you know, put that TED spin. Because obviously with TED, it's not just about inspiring, but you need to pitch it in a new way. Like, what's that new idea that you're presenting? And so I kind of took this idea of it's okay not to know where you're going with your life and reflected back on my experiences growing up and being interested in so many things and how I've gotten to know people is asking, instead of what do you do for work, I started asking people, what's your story? And the reason I started doing that was because of that, was you know just by asking someone what they do for work, you just get this small little glimpse into who they are as a person. And you don't get then all of this background of all the other things they did before that job title that have made them who they are today. And honestly, that's much more what I am interested in when I'm asking someone who they are. Like, yeah, your job title is great. If you want to tell me, you can tell me. But I really want to know who you are as a person. So I kind of took that inspiration from that two-minute talk, interweaved it with this idea of 
asking people um, to to encourage them to say, you know, instead of when you're at these small talks, when you're at networking events, instead of asking people what's their job title or what do they do for work, ask them what their story is. Um, and so that that kind of spurred the idea of the TED Talk. And, and I'm sure we'll go into more details into kind of how I filled in the middle. But yeah. that was essentially the idea that I pitched to you. And you no, were like, and I think, that's great. <laughs> you know, what's so fabulous, uh, you know, you are you're such a presence, but I think you have you know, we work a lot with young professionals and that that term is is vague and you know, people are like, is that under 30? Is it under 40? It's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> young in a state of mind. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. But you know, I, I do think that there is this real focus on title and trajectory. Where am I going in my career? What's next for me? And what I love about the way that you approach this is it's so much about like what motivates you, what are your experiences, what are you passionate about? Because regardless of your job title or where you work, you can be delivering those kinds of assets, like in so many different ways. And you might have, you know, Christy is our, like, is our communications, our creative communications manager at uh, New Memphis. And she has amazing skills in graphic design. Mm. But to have her here to like, you know, chat with us on a radio program and to help lead it's very days. exciting for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you well, see, I wouldn't have gotten that if I was just like, hey, what's your title? Like, then I yes. wouldn't know all these things about you. Exactly. I think that's just such a cool way to approach it because I feel like our identities are sometimes so interwoven into what we do to the outs, right. like to people we're meeting. It's like, you know, who are you is what you do to some people. But I love how like you approach it from like the aspect of, no, like who are you outside of what you do? Yeah. That's a part of who you are. Well, and it takes so much pressure too off the person that's answering the question. I think that's what what really motivated me and why I started asking that question because I started to hate it when people asked me, what major are you? Like, <laughs> why do you care so much? Mm -hmm. I do so many things in school. Yes. And so I think that's, that's where it really came from was, you know, how would I want it? What question would I want to answer? What do I want to tell people? And I don't necessarily want to always just talk about what my major in or right. what I do for work. I want to tell people who I am as a person. So what question can I start asking people to where they can tell me who they are as a person? Well, it's such a wonderful way to articulate who you are and, and what you want to be. And, you know, as as I listen to your TED Talk, it really helped me think about how I interview people when we think mm -hmm. about, like, hiring and how we assess talent. Because to me, like what do you do is very much like a resume. Yes. Um, and because that's, you know, and if, you know, of course, in a resume, you're trying to communicate more than just your job title. But it helped me think about both, you know, as we help coach young people into envisioning the career that they want and expressing and articulating the talents that they have, it isn't about job title and it isn't always about where you work. It's about mm -hmm. what you do and what drives you and, and how you got there. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I love about your TED Talk is that and this is such an important thing that we find as we help like mentor and coach young people as they're thinking about their careers and where they want to go. Um, everybody has a different trajectory. And I love that you start with kind of what you thought you would be and what your parents thought you would be and the, the path that you were on and how you discovered not just what you wanted to do, but who you are. Um, so why don't we take a break and listen to this amazing TED Talk yeah. that we have uh, been prefacing. So this is... Uh, our TED Talk from 2020. Um, Jenny, is there anything else you want to note before we, we start playing? No. Have Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Please enjoy. What do you want to be when you grow up? You're four years old, and you're being asked this question for the first time. And you have to think very, very carefully. 
because your answer could potentially predict what daycare and summer camps you do, what parental approved friend groups you'll have, what classes you'll take in high school, and what fun classes you'll take in high school, what volunteer and extracurricular activities you'll do, and of that, what strategically gets placed on your resume, what colleges you'll apply for, what majors and minors you'll pick, what networking events to attend, what jobs you apply for, what first job you'll pick, what second job you'll pick, what third job you'll pick, and eventually your career. So, if all things go perfectly well, little Janie will say, I'm gonna be a doctor. And right now, standing in front of you, I can proudly and confidently tell you, I am not a doctor. I have failed. Well, not only did I fail at becoming a doctor, I didn't become the 12 other things I told everyone I was gonna be when I grow up. So in no particular order, here are some highlights from that list. A doctor, an actress, a politician, well, the president of the United States of America, an engineer, a scientist, a historian, but specifically one who studies hieroglyphics and or the ancient pyramids of Egypt, a pro soccer player, and a garbage truck driver. I had a chance to try out some of these jobs when I was only in middle school. I got to work at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And I got to work with real scientists, do incredible research, and I was a little bored. I mean, no, it was a really big deal to be a part of something that could change the world one day. And being exposed to real science when you're that young, it was an incredible experience. It just didn't fulfill me. So, one summer, I found the inner strength and courage to beg my parents for a regular high schooler job. They said yes. And I worked at American Eagle Outfitters. <laughs> I was on fire at American Eagle. I worked the cash register, I worked the dressing rooms, I was a denim expert. For if you don't know, that's a big deal. And I was more at home at American Eagle than I was at the lab, even though I was gonna be in the medical field one day. But my heart experienced something at American Eagle. It picked up on the fact that I like movement and high energy and talking to people and making them happy. And most importantly, I like to see change happen right before my eyes. Experiences that I didn't necessarily have working in a lab. Over the next few years, I started to pick up on these different qualities of life that made me happy or unhappy. And I realized that I'm gonna make a horrible doctor. One, I do not perform well on timed standardized tests. The thought of them gives me intense anxiety. And honestly, just thinking about that right now just made me a little nauseous. <laughs> Two, I do not like to be around sick people. <laughs> Three, I do not like competitive environments other than game nights. Four, I do like to turn off my brain and immediately exit work mode the millisecond I come home. And five, I do like having a very regular work-life schedule. I wasn't very confident that I wanted to do it anymore. But I had told 
the whole world that I wanted to be a doctor. I had made every life decision to that point based on that one goal. And now I just wanted to change my mind. People are going to look at me differently. I'm going to look at myself differently. I was giving up. Only I wasn't. I had simply learned more about myself, and that's okay. Changing my mind should be okay. I realized that I shouldn't pick my end goal and make every decision to get me there. Instead, I need to figure out what makes me happy, and my goal will follow me to the end. Because then there is no way to look back and think, I failed. The only possible thought is, I did it. I'm happy. And I realized that kids could benefit from this gift. I mean, this gift could give them creativity, freedom, self-discovery, and self-expression. Imagine not asking a child every day, what are you going to be when you grow up? Instead, you're giving them the opportunity to choose their own path. Now, thank God I realized this in my 20s, but I wish that I had realized it earlier. I realized that my own peers could benefit from this mentality. So I decided to become a college mentor. And I did not ask students, what do you want to do after graduation? Instead, I asked them, what is your story? What has made you happy until this point? And what makes you happy today? So many of them had never been asked these questions. <laughs> and I could see joy replace the stress in their eyes as they're telling me not what their five-year plan is, but what classes they enjoyed and why. So I started to write down these lists and these words and phrases, and they would change from session to session. And then I, I would find job descriptions and hide the title, and we would circle those phrases and those words that were on our list. And more often than not, students found jobs that they did not even know existed, that much more aligned with their interests and their personalities. From that point, I stopped asking all of my friends, what do you want to do after graduation? I stopped asking every kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I stopped asking every adult at dinner parties, what do you do for work? Instead, I very casually and lightheartedly ask, hey, what's your story? And I watch them stare at me with confusion. <laughs> That's inevitable. But the confusion turns to contemplation. They speak. And I listen. So here's my story. My name is Jannie, and I moved to Memphis about a year and a half ago. I'm not a doctor, but I do improve the health and wellness of people's lives every day. I'm not an actress, but every once in a while I get to be the center of attention. I am not an engineer, but I build systems every day. I'm not a politician, but I challenge systems every day. I'm not the president of the United States of America, but I do represent the voice of my group. I'm not a historian, but I do learn the histories of the people we serve to figure out what keeps them sick and prevents them from being healthy. And I'm not a pro soccer player, but I work with my team towards a common vision. 
and I'm not a garbage truck driver. But I have a vision, and I'm going places. I have not failed. I did it. I'm happy. So don't ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Don't ask adults, what do you do for work? Instead, give people the opportunity to share their stories. It might be the first time anyone has asked. I mean, has anyone asked you? What's your story? In the new Memphis, we never forget to give back. Memphis is one of only two cities nationally whose citizens give more than 5% of their income to charity, and we give our time too. Memphis logs 29 million volunteer hours each year. At New Memphis, we know there's so much more to celebrate about our city. Visit newmemphis.org to learn how you can get involved. Do you love what you hear and the work that we do? Make a donation to New Memphis at newmemphis.org. Okay, that was Janie's TED Talk. Um, what do you do for work to what's your story? Um, Janie, we talked a little bit already about kind of what your inspiration and how you came to like the conclusion to like talk about that. Um, kind of since you've done the TED Talk, like how has that like kind of shaped you going forward and like the what's your story narrative? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a, a couple things have come out of that. I think this was my first real, like, quote, public exposure in Memphis. So after that, I really did start to get, you know, a lot of random recognition just kind of going to, like, I would be in Crosstown Concourse and someone would, would recognize me. I'd be at a, a restaurant and someone would recognize me. But That's a lot awesome. of it were, like, people who said, you know, not only did they just recognize you from the TED Talk, but they recognized you because of the words that I said and the impact mm -hmm. that I had on them. So, And that was so meaningful to me because I think going into the TED Talk, I was confident about what I had to say, but you know, you always have that uneasiness of like, I hope what I say makes sense. <laughs> I hope it's really going to That is me 24 seven people. of every yeah. day. And to just hear that validation of like people saying, you know, I felt really lost and I felt like I have been floundering my whole life. And hearing your TED Talk makes it seem like, well, it's okay that I did that. Like, it's okay mm -hmm. that I didn't know where I was going to end up and I may still not know where I'm going to end up, but you took the judgment out of that and I really appreciate that. So I think I have always been a, a mentor all my life. Um, I, I think I mentioned even in the talk, I started mentoring college students when I was a little older because I started sitting on committees. Yes. And, admissions committees and job committees and really got to see, you know, what are people wanting to hire? And then how can I how can I flip that and make sure that I'm really empowering people who are on the other side um, to feel like they have something that they can talk about and be proud of in their journey and not feel like, you know, they're not competitive enough because they didn't know what they wanted to be since they were five. So since the TED Talk, I have decided to just go out a little bit on my own and and be a professional mentor um, to people. So I, I've i always had a side gig. I'm someone yeah. <laughs> that definitely cannot stand still. I think ever since I was in college, I've always had a side job. And it's transformed over the years yeah. for sure. But I feel like I've, I've really found myself doing this. Um, I do training and facilitating and speaking and professional mentoring really around professional development. I mean, and, and there's so, so much that, that goes into that, whether it's like 
academic professional development or now even just looking at everything that's going on in the world, everything that's related to social justice and activism and the way just that people move through the world, providing trainings around that too. And really also just helping people realize that you don't have to feel lost if your journey isn't like that of other people that you're seeing. Your journey is your journey and therefore it's equally valid. So that's a lot of that has come out just honestly because of that TED talk, because of that exposure. And, and I think, um, one, I think it helped people realize who I am and yeah. kind of my perspective. And two, it kind of gave me the confidence too to say, um, you know, like I, I resonate with people and I should be, I should stand by that and be proud of the fact that I can resonate with people. So, yeah. No, a thousand percent. Like, that's the thing about you is like, you walk into a room and you just kind of light it up. You're very easy to talk to and very like, you can tell you're very engaged and you actually care to listen to what people's stories are. And I think people just, you know, gravitate toward that because you're such a presence. And so one of my favorite parts of your TED Talk is when you're talking about, I think you were a college mentor at the time and you would cover up um, and I know everyone just heard it, but I'm reiterating it, <laughs> like how you would cover up the job, like what the actual job title was. And you guys would just go through and circle what you wanted, like yeah. what you wanted to be, what you wanted to do unrelated to job title. And I just thought that was such an interesting perspective because I, I mean, maybe it's been done before, but I had never heard it. And so I kind of like when I heard that at your actual TED talk, because I was there, <laughs> I was like. That is such a cool way because I felt like when I was a college student, I felt so locked into this like goal, kind of how you started your TED Talk, right? About how like you were going to be a doctor. That is like one of the 10 million things you were going to be. Yeah, like that's a title I know. Yes. <laughs> and so like you just feel like pigeonholed as a college student. Like, no, I told everyone this is what I'm going to do. Mm. This is like the path I want to go on. It almost doesn't feel okay right. to change your mind, especially if like you had to work to get to college. You feel like, oh, even more pressure to like stay in this lane. And I just like hearing the way you formatted it, which is very cool. And like letting people know it's okay. It's okay to change your mind. Um, so I thought that was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, you always hear this phrase of don't give up. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I, I feel like my, you know, and, it, and it's supposed to be said very inspirationally. I mean, you know, you set your goals, you know, don't give up, like fight for your dreams. And I'm kind of a fan of like, it's kind of okay to give it up if you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. why, why is that so bad to well, give up on a dream if that's not your dream right. anymore? Or maybe your dreams change. Or like you say, maybe we're really only tied to our dreams because now we have that social pressure and that expectation. Yeah. Because we've told everyone this dream and now we're embarrassed to say, I don't want to do it anymore because I've now realized more things about myself to where I've changed my dream or maybe I'm going to extend the path to my dream or, you know, I just it's there's so much just expectation and pressure already that the outside world puts on us and then we internalize it and then put that own pressure on ourselves. And that's why I, I encourage people to do that activity, because a lot of the times, you know, you'll go through that exercise and maybe you'll circle a bunch of things. And then we'll, I'll pull up, you know, something else with a completely different job title and we'll find those same elements yes. and more. So it's like you would have been closed off to this whole entire job because you didn't even know that it existed because you were so focused on the title and that trajectory of saying, OK, well, I was this before. So now 
like looking into the market-based research of the trajectory <laughs> of my profession, yes. this is the title that I should be aiming for next. And it's like, no, there's a whole world of yeah. professions out there and, and titles that we can just make up ourselves because, you know, it's it's our life and, and we can we can really take charge of it if we just take off some of that pressure. Thousand percent. I love that so much. And that kind of speaking of like the trajectory, like your TED talk, but like it kind of shifted into you now. You're an official podcaster. I am. Like you have the <laughs> What's on Your Mind. That's right. What's it on Your is. Mind yes, podcast. What's on your mind. Um, how is that going? Like, how are you like using that to like further your message and your mission as like a person? Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's called it's called What's on Your Mind. And that is oftentimes the first time I'm ever talking to anybody. And I have to give a shout out here to one of my other favorite podcasts in the world by comedian Chris Gethard, and it's called Beautiful Anonymous. And I was really inspired by this because he talks to people anonymously and oh. just kind of hears their story. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very good. So I was inspired by that concept. I've always, you know, in my TED Talk, you kind of hear I've always kind of been trained in acting and you know, all this stuff. So I've always been a speaker and a performer kind of at heart. And then the world of podcasting just kind of made sense to me because especially with COVID, it was more accessible. Um, I was sitting at home, can't do anything else. <laughs> so it's like, why not? Let's, you know, I've always talked about doing this. Let's let's just give it I'd a try. I'd love to see the chart of like podcasting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many people launched a podcast in the month of March? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... It's going, it's going really well. Um, and instead, so mine's obviously not anonymous. I do kind of, I find people who just look interesting on like social media and I kind of, I, I give them the pitch. I say, you know, I, I have a podcast. It's essentially about storytelling. Um, I, I would love to get to know you in the setting of a podcast. I have one scripted question and it's what's on your mind. And then we just go from there and we go where the conversation takes us. And kind of, you know, my, my pitch of the podcast is, Kind of like what I said, if that were more than our job titles and our bios, you know, it's our thoughts and our perspectives and the things that we think about and the way that we think about things that make us interesting people. And I figured, why not just let the world listen to a recording of that? <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. Um, I have, I think, 12 episodes out now, and I just reached 1,400 um, listens, or I guess downloads today. Awesome. So Congrats. it's going. I mean, I, ha I have no way of knowing if that's good or bad, but I'm having a fun time doing it. <laughs> to me, it sounds amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm having a fun time doing it. And the response has, has been really good. I think people both love being on the show and listening to the show. And and it's interesting. I, I kind of check in with some of my friends and family and I'm like, hey, did you listen to the episode? And they're like, uh, not yet. So, but in my head, I'm like, wait, that means that it's random people yeah. listening. It's not my mom listening to yeah, it like, like 10 times. Exactly. I was like, that's actually cooler that I'm like, there's people that I don't know that are listening and being inspired by, by hearing people's stories. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's going well. So how can people listen? So I can now say the fun sentence of it's available wherever podcasts are right. found. I've been <laughs> waiting until I could say that, but it is now available on every major podcast platform, um, Apple, Spotify, Google, you know, the, the, the favorites. Um, and of course I'm always looking for rates and reviews. And I think Apple podcast platform is the, is the place to go for rating and reviewing. So, um, yes, please, please look for it. Um, so the regular series is called what's on your mind. And then just recently I started a, mini-sode spinoff um, every other Monday. That is a what's on your mind that's specifically around um, stories around mental health, mental awareness, 
struggle, survival, everything in between. And it's called hashtag SDFS for stop the curse word stigma. (laughs) (laughs) And those episodes have been performing so well because, again, it's it's about that storytelling. It's, It's looking beyond what we just see in front of us as people and realizing that we're all really unique and nuanced and have stuff going on. And it's been a platform where people can hear really relatable stories from people that they had no idea that they were going to connect to um, just from seeing a person. So all of that you can find on What's On Your Mind. But those are the Monday episodes. And then the regular episodes are on Tuesdays. Well, sounds incredibly timely. I think we all need to be reflecting on our own personal mental health journeys (laughs) right now. Just taking care of ourselves. Absolutely. Well, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, we've, you know, we love that you agreed to do a TED Talk. I know it's a ton of work. Um, People don't know, like, you can listen to a TED Talk and go, oh, that's super easy. I can do it. (laughs) But it takes, like, hours and weeks and and months of work and prep, and you did such an amazing job. And, again, I think the message resonates so deeply. Not just with young people, but I just think it's such a great message, you know, in the work that we do with with young people as they're trying to find their way in this world and um, particularly as it relates to the, the intersection of who you are as a person and what you do for work. So, so thoughtful. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Thank you, thank you so much. In the new Memphis, we like to keep our doors open and there's room for everyone here. We know in the South, it's a little rude to talk about money, but did you know the cost of living here is 14% lower than the national average? At New Memphis, we know there's so much to celebrate about our city. Visit newmemphis.org to learn how you can get involved. New Memphis is transforming our city through the power of connection. Be sure to stay connected with us by following at the New Memphis on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. All right, guys, what a great message um, to bring us back kind of around to like the discussion of young talent and how instrumental just young talent is to like the progression of our city. Um, I know here at New Memphis, we have a very big focus on young talent with like our launch work. And so, Anna, do you want to kind of speak a little bit as Miss CEO to like our launch program? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, again, Janie's message really resonated with us at New Memphis because we reach out to support and develop young emerging talent. Um, so we specifically are always looking to work with local college students, those who are at one of our local institutions, the University of Memphis, uh, Rhodes College, Lemoyne and College, Christian Brothers University, but also any of the regional schools around us. Um, what we know is that college students need that help to build a network, to, to think about where they want to launch their career, to explore career paths. I think, it, you know, what Janie does such a great job of articulating is you don't pick a major now at 18 and no. go through four years of college and graduate and have a job waiting for you. That is not the way the world works anymore. No, it's not an instrumental Oddly enough, formula. Um, so we're trying to help connect local professionals, and maybe that's you, um, to connect with local college students and help mentor them, but also just give them some insight on, you know, what do you do? How did you get there? We want them to be introduced to local companies. Um, because what we what what we ultimately hope is that when these college students graduate, um, that they choose Memphis, that Memphis is not just the place where they grew up or where they went to college, but it's the place that they launch their career and start start their what we hope is, you know, this really robust and exciting future in front of them. Um, so 
that work is called Launch Campus to Career. If you go to newmemphis.org, you can learn more. But what we would ask of you, if you're a listener and you know a college student, maybe you are a college student. Yeah, I was about to say college students. <laughs> yes. I know that's our primary demographic, maybe right? Maybe you've got <laughs> children in college. Maybe you have friends in college. Maybe maybe you had a college intern at yes. your company or your organization this summer, last summer. Connect them to the launch program. It is free for all college students. It's completely free, guys. It's completely free resources. Free. I would um, have killed for this resource as like <laughs> yeah. a college student in Mississippi when I was growing up. Like I would have loved to have like the connections that we give and the network we help these students build just before they even graduate is I'm just, I'm jealous. That's all you're hearing on this microphone right now is my jealousy for the opportunity you guys have. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is they they sign up for the program and they get invited to a series of free events every fall semester, every spring semester, and also over the summer. And at each of these events, we help do exactly what Christy said. We connect them to professional networks. So they get to meet and greet with local companies, local professionals. They get to explore different careers. So yeah, maybe I am interested in a marketing career. Maybe I'm interested in engineering or IT. They get to meet people who are in these careers and they can learn more about, well, you know, what led you here? What are you good at? What do you love about it? So it's it's really very personal in mm-hmm. some ways. Um, but the program is also super fun. So some of the events are just about getting them out in Memphis and helping them explore our city and helping them understand that Memphis is not just a great place to work, but a great place to live for a young person. And an amazing place to play. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's great. Yes. So um, so again, it's Launch Campus to Career. They can go to launch uh, newmemphislaunch.org. Any student can sign up. If you've got questions, just reach out to us. But connect us to your college students. You know, we know that, you know, starting a career anywhere is overwhelming. Starting a career right now. That's what I was about to say right now. I mean, as someone who graduated college, you know, in a recession, like that was hard enough. Now I'm like, I have, I have like, you know, cousins and like friends with like kids who have, are graduating and they're like, what do we do? Yeah. And we take for granted, you know, we... At New Memphis for this program, we look at national data that shows us what makes it most likely that a young person will graduate college Mm -hmm. and find a career. Internships are a huge part of that. So a lot of this work is us helping connect students to both local internships, so paid internships where they can get on-the-job experience, they can build that professional network. But we also help prepare them to be successful in that internship. Um, because as Christy said, you know, this this job market is is tough and I think it's gonna get tougher. So we need to be doing everything we can in Memphis to embrace our young people, to give them, to gift them our knowledge and yes. to make sure that they know that it's not easy. It wasn't easy for us um to to share their stories, to humanize the the work that it takes to start a career and invest in Memphis. So again, that is the Launch Campus to Career program at New Memphis. Send us your college students or your recent grads or your graduate students. They're all welcome. Yeah, I'm just super excited. This was a great episode. And yeah, kind so of episode number two. I know. I'm gonna, well we're going to be pros before long, right? Like <laughs> this is going to get... listeners are like, you've got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you can stop now. It's fine. <laughs> well, before we end for today, Christy, tell us Again, at the end of every episode, we want to give you guys um, some hopefully tips and tricks for ways to engage in Memphis, learn about our community, connect with one another. So what does New Memphis got on the docket in the next few weeks? New Memphis always has stuff on the docket. That's the fun part. So constantly check our website, guys, at newmemphis.org slash events. That'll give you access for an up, like it's a running calendar. But just on the docket right now, on October 20th, we will be having our Celebrate What's Right on Early Education Please tune into that. We have 
a panel of experts, a moderator from Chaltbeat Caroline, who has been on an episode or will be on an episode, and just kind of to talk about the importance of early education and how that is such a driving factor in like a community. Um, and we have four great companies and businesses and organizations that will be represented on that panel to kind of talk about it. Again, that's on October 20th. I believe it's from 12 to 1. That's right. All right. Thank free, you. Free. Yes, easy, it's easy absolutely to free. Log and in over your lunch break. Learn a little bit of something. That, I will say, is my favorite. Like, okay, not my favorite thing about these times because I feel like that's a weird statement to say. <laughs> but honestly, like, the webinar and, like, opportunity to go to these things with such ease without, like, mm -hmm. having to leave and just log on. I've gone to so many webinars. I feel so smart <laughs> right now. Um, but we also have, again, that was the CWR on October 20th. So please come. We would love to have you. And also on November 10th, we have our Memphis 101. So Memphis 101 is kind of a 60-minute rundown of what Memphis is. It's like a history of Memphis, but it's so fun. We have such a dynamic presenter, and it kind of just gives you the rundown of like how the city began, how it got to where it is, and where we're going. And it's just an amazing opportunity to get that history, especially if you're new to the city. And somehow I found this podcast. I don't know if I should apologize or not, <laughs> but this is your first intro. But Memphis 101 is just a really cool thing. And even if you're not new to the city, there are so, I had lived here like five years and there was so much stuff in this presentation that I was just like, whoa. Did not know. <laughs> yeah, we built, we we initially created Memphis 101 for people that were new to town because we thought, gosh, if you're just here in Memphis, you need to understand the context to our city. How did, as you said, how did we get to where we are today? But as we started to offer it, we found that people who were lifetime long Memphians still came and learned so much They're, about our city's so history. so informative. History from, you know, the founding of the city to very recent, you know, uh, politics and just, again, how our city has been shaped the issues that our city faces, the challenges that we face, and how all of that is steeped in where we came from. Yeah. And just some general city reminders, guys. It's early voting is going on, I think, now based on the recording of this podcast. Yep. So get out there and vote. Make sure your voice is heard. Um, it's, you know, it's very crucial no matter which side you stand on that you exercise your right to vote. Absolutely. And not just vote in our national elections, vote in your local elections, yes. vote in your state elections. Oh, my goodness. We need such great leadership locally and at our state level. And you can be a part of that. And while you're doing your civic duty and you're out voting, also remember that you've got to complete your census. If you haven't completed your census, this is the absolute last month. It, it closes in October and there are truly millions of dollars on the line for Memphis. Um, having all of our citizens fill out their census means that we're going to get our fair share of resources <laughs> from the federal government. And if we don't, we stand to lose a lot. So if you have not, go now, fill out the census. It takes 10 minutes or less. And if you have, take some time today and ask one of your friends, neighbors, coworkers, have you filled out your census and help us get this done? I have become the most annoying friend <laughs> no, no. because in the last like year, I didn't realize, and, and maybe this was ignorant on my part, I didn't realize how impactful the census was until last year. Momentum Nonprofit, shout out, did a conference and they had like their keynote speaker really focused on the census. And I remember me and one of my coworkers that came back to New Memphis and were just like, you guys, <laughs> we've got to fill out. We've the got census. to fill out the census. Like we didn't realize it was like this. Well, it only it happens every ten years. Yeah. so it's really sort of like your 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 window is limited, right? Um, but as I said, millions of dollars that funds everything from hospitals and schools and roads 
um, public programs. Like it, it dictates so much of what our community gets. And as as we all know, our community has so much need. Yes. Um, so, you know, make sure that you do your part. Help us record um, your family in the census, but also everyone around you. A thousand percent. And just one more little reminder from one of our friends and partners. Indie Memphis, they are having their 23rd annual film festival which is an amazing asset for a city. It's going to look a little different this year because of COVID. So it will have tickets available for purchase. Anyone can purchase, but the tickets are limited because, you know, number limit limited number of seating. Got to be safe. Yes, all the time. And so, but they'll also, I believe, be showing it online. There's uh, there's components of it online. There's awesome. points of it where you can watch films outdoors. It's going to be, it's always, it's such a fun such event. a good job. <laughs> like, I, I love movies. I am like an absolute movie buff. And I'm so proud of our city for having this incredible organization in Indy Memphis and putting on not you know, a film festival that is so diverse. It, it yeah. brings amazing filmmakers from all over the world and it highlights and lifts up local filmmakers. So I just think it's amazing. And if you haven't been, take some time. You don't have to go to every, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a four day affair for you. <laughs> you can like buy a ticket to go to one or two shows, expand your mind, enjoy some movies. And we all miss the movies at this point, right? Oh it's gosh, not just me. <laughs> so just a reminder, get out there, exercise your right to vote, fill out your census, please, please, please. And while you're at it, enjoy some nice entertainment from our friends at Indie Memphis. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Meanwhile in Memphis, number two episode in the can. Woo! We thank you for joining us, whether you're listening live on WYXR, 8 a.m. every Tuesday morning. Uh, you can also listen to this podcast every week. Uh, it is available at newmemphis.org. Spread the word, tell your friends, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Christy. Meanwhile in Memphis is brought to you in partnership with WYXR, produced by New Memphis and hosted by Anna Mullins Ellis and Christy Mullen. For more information, please visit newmemphis.org. Audio for this show is recorded and produced by the OAM Network. For more information, please visit pod901.com. <laughs>